Action Park Media. Welcome to another episode of Victory the Podcast. I'm Doug Allen. I'm Kevin Dillon. Victory! Very nice. So we got Josh Labarro played Josh Weinstein coming up next week. Just so everyone knows, we know a lot of people are asking when you do in the next episode. Next week, we got Jeremy Piven. Hopefully we got Rex Lee. We're going to talk about Exodus, one of my favorite episodes, and certainly gave Jeremy a, a strong leg up on an Emmy, which he won that year, I believe. Yes, he did. And, and, and also, too, we know people love it when we cover the episodes. We love to cover the episodes, too. Just so you know, the idea, we've only done 96 episodes, so we don't want to burn all the episodes, and, and it would have just been weird to do mm-hmm. Exodus without Jeremy and Rex. So stay tuned. It's coming. And we're going to have a well, good episode. A lot of people don't know how it works for an Emmy. You you actually present one episode, right? Correct. Isn't that how it works? You, you submit present so Yeah. So it's not about the bulk of the whole season. It's about that one episode. And he probably submitted that would be my guess. I would think so. But we'll find out. We will talk to him. And we're going to have Josh LeBar in a little bit. So let's talk about some other stuff. Well, why Why do you have a bunch of wine on your uh, So what, what, two-time Super Bowl champion Lonnie Paxson just came in. This is his. I love it. Pink wine for dudes. This is this company called Knocking Point. They make wines for lots of people. They want to make a victory wine. So people are starting to like us. Can I tell you what my idea was? uh, No. Victor Rosé. Oh. (laughs) What do you think of that idea? I like it. It sounds great. Are you a rosé guy? Uh... During the day, I mean, that sounds terrible. But I'm saying if I'm at... Yeah. Real men don't drink rosé. No, I'm saying if I'm at the beach and it's like sunny and, you know, it's like there's something about... Uh, it's not very masculine. It's not very masculine. <laughs> well, what kind of wine would you want? Here, this is Drea DeMatteo's. Ooh. That's much more masculine right there. No, listen, I, I'm a... Gangster goddess wine. I, I'm a red wine guy, but if during the day I'm hanging out, I like to sip You're on You're a whiny guy for sure. Yeah. Well, I think what'll be fun is, you know, Miles Rogers, who seems to connect everybody everywhere from Wheels Up, brought in Lonnie Tuss, who you've met. Oh, what, so past, what's the pitch? Yeah. What's the so pitch? basically, pitch it, pitch it to make Dylan and I believers. Yeah, I, well, I, I can't make you believers, but we, we will make our own wine if we want, and we like it. We'll tell them what kind of wine we want. They'll mix it. They'll give it to us. Once we approve, they'll bottle it and they'll sell it. If it makes money, we make money. If it doesn't, we have some cool bottles. That's it. Nice. So. nice. Here's my thought on that. Uh, and, and this is like anything else, and it's the same thing we talked about when we roll out our Irish crickets beer, <laughs> right? Trademark pending, but that's in the works also. So we're going to have a beer i don't want to it's no offense to anybody but you want to make sure the wine's good yeah right? obviously it's gotta be good they have great people involved even in if it's at a higher price point and by higher i mean like you know listen they say that a good bottle of wine starts after 20 bucks i just don't want boone's farm doug you know what I, mean? I, don't, I don't think that's a callback to uh the pilot. they've got they've yeah. got real people involved with this and real wine where's makers. the wine coming from we'll get into all of those you don't details. know say you don't know You're no, no, i'm not well, i'm not know, i'm not selling a cool collectors thing too so you want a wine that could sit you know it's nice to have good stuff behind your bar that kind of like the johnny walker with with Johnny Drama. Yeah, no. Know? By the yeah, way, that's a that's a, a victory wine on the back of your bar would be but a real to, plus. But Kevin, to your point, that looks classy, right? I don't want to do anything too gimmicky. We'll you know do, what I'm saying? We have yeah, full no, control. It's got to be. They will good make wine. us happy. But it's about branding, and I want the wine to be good. That and that that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And and we will make sure it's good, and they, and they will do it, or we won't do it. Do so, you know about yeah. wine? 
Uh, I know a little bit. Kind I had of a locker at Morton's. Did you know that? I, I knew you had a locker at Morton's. For <laughs> anyone who doesn't know that, Morton's one of my favorite steakhouses. They give you a personalized locker. So what? how do you get that? Do you buy it? Do you well, buy it? this is actually, and I guess they're at stores out of business, and I don't think this guy's with the company anymore, but it was really kind of a setup. I would always make jokes about the locker. Whatever it was, I, I you know, I, I never, I wasn't Do you have kidding. access to the locker or you they just come keep in, it for you? No, there's a log. Yeah, you come in, you say, hey, let me get a bottle. But of so you don't have to carry your wine to the restaurant. But Connolly, you would eat alone at I would go all and the sit time at the, at the bar, bar and eat alone and watch the game or whatever it was and I would joke around oh, yeah but yeah I'm here once a week still don't have a wine locker totally kidding so, wait wait would you buy the wine from them well this is where it gets to the point so one day I walk in I'm sitting at the bar general manager walks in and he like literally sneaks up from behind me and he slides like a plate with my name on it in front of me and I'm like nice yeah first thought was nice and then my second thought was, now I got to buy a bunch of wine, right? And <laughs> got to fill the locker because you can see it. Yeah, so if you're waiting, you can see everybody's locker, right? So okay. I, and you're I, like I, the guy from fucking Entourage has a couple of bottles of Boone's Farm in Right, there. right. So I, I, said, you, I, I said you. to him, I said, uh, hey, well, what, what do I do to, you know, I want to have a respectable locker. I'm not trying yeah. to impress anybody, but I don't want to, I don't want to be embarrassed. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I think you're, I think you're looking good at about 7,000. I said, what? what? Fucking buy two bottles and lay them sideways. I, I, I literally, I was, A, I didn't ask for it. Now, B, you want me to spend 7000 So now I have an empty wine locker sitting there, and I get calls every time somebody comes in. Connolly, saw your locker at Morton's. I was embarrassed. I How big is of- this locker? The point is that when you're standing, like, in the, when you walk up and you're standing in front of the hostess, you know, my, whatever it might take, a couple seconds, you can't help but to look at the lockers. Oh, Jim Rome. You but, know, but this one, that would, one, and my locker's empty. Do you bring the wine in? You got to buy the wine from them. Now, yeah, I guess okay, if you, so I guess if you got, what's the point of that? I mean, you could you're buying wine from them anyway, right? I mean, that's a great point. Wait, wait, wait I'm completely confused. What you Dylan said? Br- no, I know what he's saying. You can't put your own wine in there. That would be the point. Well, I think. Yeah, I think they would lose sure. money. Right. Yeah, if, I know. If you went and yeah, but they charge it. you a corkage fee. I mean, that has to be. If you want to have your own wine, it's so you don't have to carry it every time right. you go. So you it would be a lot cheaper to buy Jordan wine at a you know cheap place. In the- By the way, Jordan's great. And my birthday it. is on Friday. So when you guys bring me that bottle of Opus One... Normally, I would put that in the See, wine locker. What Connolly doesn't Builds realize. Far for you, bro. <laughs> I sent Connolly to Napa. He doesn't realize that I, you were with some of the best wine people in Napa Valley. I'm being very serious. Well, can this, we talk about what happened? I mean, the fire happened, and I didn't get my wine. What do you uh, mean you didn't get your wine? There was what? a fire. You know, there was a bad fire. At Hourglass? Uh, I got, we got the Hourglass wine, right. but um, there was, you know, I don't want to mention any names because they were good people, and or they are good people, but yeah, there was a fire, and uh, I never got, <laughs> I got like a couple grand of wine I never oh, got. How many years ago was this? this about seven months ago. So, but did ago. you get a letter oh, saying? I got nothing. Huh. We'll find out about that. We'll you never told me about that. that but anyway, Make I mean, the people I said Connolly with are real wine people. Oh, like yeah. Good people. And thanks for setting me up, Doug. I, I always will. No, 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 no. I, I always will. You, anytime <laughs> you want to go to Napa. But, but also, too, that's also a trap, Doug, because I said... I, and Doug hooked me up with a with a great trip, and it was worth every second of it. But you go in and, and they give you these this private wine tour, and then I said to Doug, "Yo, what do uh, what do I what do I pay these people?" And Doug's like, "Yeah, I'll pick up a bottle or something, right?" So at that point, you're buzzed, right? Because you've mm-hmm. been drinking their wine, and you're like, "All right, let me get a bottle of it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, you spend like six grand on wine, and then a bunch of it got lost in the fire. But uh, I had a great wow. time. The and fire, it was great the wine. fire is sad because it was. there was some crazy damage there. But all those people, they don't want you buying their wine if they don't love them and everywhere i sent you was amazing wine 100 and i Great hope wines. i hope everybody's okay out there but uh okay so josh labar is going to come out in a minute who has the josh labar acting studio so i want to talk acting because the golden globes over zoom last night happened which was 
weird. You know, we uh, I just wanted to go back and, and reminisce a little bit about our six losses at the Golden Globes, which we, yeah. we went went over, and, and two acting losses for the two of you, correct? And Dylan, yeah. you know, it's funny, the writer's strike year where they actually canceled the Globes is yep. the year that Dylan was nominated. Yeah, that's why everyone's like, no, I don't remember you getting nominated. <laughs> yeah, that's because there was no celebration. Right. There was no ceremony. You know, so, there was uh, no cutaway. So I, I didn't get a cutaway of getting snubbed. <laughs> so I won an Emmy for when the garden was eaten 30 for 30 like Connolly did for his um, big shot 30 for 30. They didn't air it. And when I told people I won an Emmy, nobody believed me. I was like, no, 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 I have it. And I was sending pictures that people thought it was fake. So anyway, I, I, we both have Emmys. Listen, my, my Golden Globe experience for me, and it's, it's funny how you know life works. I don't know if you remember, my mom was really sick. By the way, my mom died 12 years ago. How about that? Today. Oh, 12 wow. years today. 12 years today, by the way. Um, Sorry. But, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure it wasn't your fault, but... Uh, well, <laughs> he might have had something <laughs> He might have had something to do. But um, the point is, is that, you know, for me, it was great probably two weeks before my mom died. So to have that experience of taking my mom to the Golden Globes... Oh, yeah. She's great. And yeah, and just like she literally... And it's funny because in hindsight, you know, I think she knew the clock was ticking, but she she let it fly on this last night. And, and I'll always have a soft spot for the Golden Globes. That said... Well, because also, too, Dylan, they were the we, most fun. They, right, we party. had to do four award shows every year, and the Golden That's a real Globes grind. Was a party. <laughs> it is a grind. Like going to the Emmys during football season, you got football playoffs. <laughs> the Giants were always in the playoffs back then. Right. It and was I, just tough. I got to be just, honest, though. What you say is. He's dead serious. No, I know he's serious. And the truth of the matter is, I really mean this. People don't believe me and don't understand this. I didn't grow up dreaming about winning a Golden Globe or an Emmy. We all dreamt about an Oscar. That was like like a thing. But when we lost every year, everyone was like, oh, oh, I really didn't care about the loss. I cared about the fact that I thought we could get canceled. And I believed like mm-hmm. HBO, they win Emmys, they win Golden Globes. Right, like, These guys are fucking them. losers. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, by the end of the night with all the people who apologize to you, you actually go, there's only six shows on the planet earth that were nominated. Like it should feel good. I got nominated, you know, no offense, Dylan, in the best actor category, but it was like... Dylan got a supporting. It was Alec Baldwin, the Coveney, you know, Tony, Tony Shalhoub. Who I mean, won like five Alec in a row. Alec Baldwin. I mean, it was, honestly, I can say this. My name looked sort of ridiculous. You must have bought watches for the Hollywood Farm Press. That's <laughs> <laughs> the only way he could have got I, I, I mean, I, truthfully, I had like a bunch of moments of like, God, it just looks like a misprint. Like my name like squeezed in between because of, because it's Connolly, right? So I was literally right in the middle Did of the Did you pack. blow up that and frame it? Uh, yeah, I got my certificate. I got my certificate. But listen, so check it out. So Alec Baldwin at that point, like, I mean, listen, Alec Baldwin's great. But like, come on. How many fucking times is this guy going to win? <laughs> Did I think I was going to win? No. Is there that little part in the back of your head? Of course there is, right? I want to talk about Dylan's Emmy story because I really did think that one year you were in. I thought you won it. I thought we were, we were ready to ready to erupt in that first row of the Emmys, but we're sitting there, and you know they come before uh, before the category. You know the cameraman gets down in front of you, right? And uh, my mom is there, and my mom is you know it's it was a special day for uh, my my mom and myself. So you know you want to look you know good in your cutaway or whatever, and they got the camera on you for when they're you know <laughs> when they when you you can't react when they don't call your name but uh they were like yeah alec baldwin do the clap and, and i was like I, I went fuck i muttered, I muttered it under, I, I muttered it under my breath i was like fuck and uh my mom was in she's like oh you didn't really think you were gonna beat alec baldwin did you <laughs> and i looked i was like well 
No, mom, I didn't. I can mention it, but yeah, I did a dare to dream, dare to dream. <laughs> did your mother really say? I that? swear to God, I, I, I literally, and I knew, but I was on camera. I was like, "Fuck!" Literally, ju- the only two people in the place that heard it was me and my mom. You didn't think you'd beat Alec Baldwin? <laughs> that I, is amazing. Yeah, it's a true story. To the point is that we always had a great time at the Golden oh, yeah. Globes. The parties are a big next party. Level. They, they give you food. I mean, they starve you at the and Emmys. They give you booze, more importantly. Well, the things, that yeah, stand out, the things that stand out to me, I mean, a couple of things about the Golden Globes, which Connolly, it's not that it's fake. Connolly, you're actually really good with talking to those guys. And the truth is, the foreign press, they promised me four years in a row, they give you that wink and a nod. They're like, you won. They tell me I won. Correct. Right. They go. You won. I, we're not. I'm not allowed to tell you this, but you won, and and you're you know whatever. So then you spend a week going. Jesus Christ! I got to get up there, and I got to not look like an idiot. So you don't want to get that drunk. And they, and I kept losing. And I would say to the guy, I go, you know, every year you keep fucking telling me we're gonna win, and we don't win. And the one year, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead There's one thing that's very important to do is. There's those parties after, you know, you, you, you do the day. Got to rub elbows. Got to rub And elbows. then there's a party after that. And if you don't go to that, you're screwing yourself over. And I would never go. I always I, said that. I'm going to live in Malibu. I'm not going to live in Malibu. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dylan, I always said that. If, if Dylan, and this is what we love about Dylan, if Dylan were a little bit better. Schmoozing. At, at, I don't at schmooze. shaking hands and kissing babies, I, I have zero doubt in my mind that you have an Emmy. What do you think of that? I, I, I think it. you're probably right. I believe it. Do you really and, care, though? No. Yeah. I, to be honest with you, I think there's too many award shows out there. You know, like, yeah, but why the do, Emmys why do we Emmys. need so many award shows? Yeah, like, the Emmys and the Golden Globes. And, and the Golden Globes, again, there's 90 members of the, of the Hollywood Foreign Press. So you basically only have to get whatever. I mean, 45, 46 votes, right? So it really does come down. You can single-handedly schmooze these guys. Yeah. Yeah. And gals. Yeah. You can you know probably I mean? buy them. Well, they things. also, when they well, interview you, you know how they ask you questions, they interview They always put me with Jeremy Piven. Right. And he does a lot of the talk. Uh, he did all the talk. And I just sat there twiddling my thumbs the whole time because <laughs> I don't really care. And so, I mean, that didn't help my situation. But yeah. we had a blast, Dylan. Come on, bro. Remember? You guys did. Oh, we had a great time. Dylan and I. Oh, they were Dylan they and were I fun. were stapled at the hip for the, for See, the, yes. for the Golden We Club. poured a couple of bevies. <laughs> and See, smoked I, I would be there for yes. two reasons. I mean, you know, it's when I think about it now, it's like production would just be getting started right after that. So it was like the worst possible time for work. And I'm going out with the Irishman and they drink and I think each year I'm going to win because I've been told that I'm going to win. So I'm yeah, trying not to be drink. telling you that. But I'm trying not to drink because I, I may have to get up and make a speech. I don't want to embarrass myself. I also have to work the next day. But I, I, I you know, and I may have told this before, but that one time, because I really did think we might get canceled, we lost the Desperate Housewives and I was just like, and I got up and I just was leaving. I'm like, I'm going home. I bump into Larry David who's like a little riled up and I'm like, and I'm like, Larry, what's your problem? He's like, we lost. What's your problem? <laughs> I said, Larry, I I got a little show. You got Seinfeld. That's right. gonna take care of your great great grandchildren. I'm just trying to stay on the air, you know. So, I, and I think the thing is, and I'm not being like artistic about this because I don't care. But the idea that people are judging that it is not a football game. You win or you lose. Like even last night, I love Shit's Creek, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara like my idols. But the idea that people clapped louder for them when the nominations came up, I just think it's fucking rude. I, I was you know? I was on board for, hey man, it's just great to be nominated until I lost. Yeah, well then they was a little pissed. Yeah. Well, everyone humiliates you then the whole right. night. And then there's yeah. the people who walk around with their trophies and everyone's taking pictures with them. I, I, 
I told you, of course, the one year that I'm nominated, Leo's also nominated, right? So there he is. Fucking Same category. In the front row, stealing my thunder as usual. And um, Alan Ball, the guy that did, uh, what did he do, True Blood? True Blood. So, you know, they call my name and, you know, Leo's my fucking brother. He's up. On his feet, <laughs> clapping his hands, like he's just really. It was, just, it was like overkill, but he's that kind of guy. <laughs> so I'm like uh, outside. I'm in the bathroom. I'm like washing my hands, and I'm the Alan Ball guy that's true blood. He's like, "Hey, Kev, for whatever it's worth, you know, Leo DiCaprio's a big fan." Oh I my like, oh, god. god! Thanks, bro. That really, uh, that really makes me feel. Did he really say <laughs> that? That's what he said. Like he, but he didn't know. Well, he didn't know fresh. you guys were. He best just buddies. thought, like, yeah. I was like, oh, cool. I feel way better now. What were you doing in the bathroom? Peeking at everyone in there. <laughs> Listen, you, you remember that story? Yeah, the peeker story. story. That, was, that Golden was Golden Globes. That was Golden Globes. Also, too, Dylan, what you said about the submitting the episodes. Now, I, I, I got nominated in uh, season five for a Golden Globe, but one of the guys said to me at the end of season four. You, you submitted the wrong episode, and I, I like looked at him. I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Oh no! If you would have, if you would have done uh, uh, Welcome to the Jungle, you would have gotten one last year." <laughs> wow! He told me that. So it is. To be important. honest with you, I didn't even know until way later, after I had been nominated a couple times, that we did it. I thought it was like your whole season, right? They look you know? at your arc. They look at the which right. they kind of should. No, but they no. I don't know how how they possibly you submit could. your episode. You submit your one. Yes. Well, so look, Lisa oh, or somebody submitted. Lisa my, my last doing it. my last and, comment on this and. And obviously, if I am fortunate enough to have a show and win one day, of course, I'm going to have a big smile on my face and want to thank my kids and be happy. But Do you thank us? But yeah, of course I do. No, yeah. every everything well, I have is because of you. So, but I mean, I mean, like when you look at last night during what's going on in the pandemic, it really does feel just so fucking self indulgent and like who gives no. a shit? Like well, just, uh, the, the rest of the country is like, who these guys? It, it, it's a bad look for I think Hollywood. Didn't watch. Yeah, I didn't watch. But it's like I honestly never watch it to be honest with you. Even like, but it can be fun. Ricky in, Gervais. It's a great time to go Tia. golfing. Like <laughs> when the uh, great day to go golfing. Just stay off. Wilshire but <laughs> but yeah this is like the one year because I always get a kick out of at least the opening monologue right and then yeah. some of the big ones but this is like the year where there's just so much happened just, just wasn't up for it I don't know the movies like I don't know what movie is I don't know what's what man it's just confusing well the good news for us we got to which I will always feel good about it we ended the movie with Johnny Drama winning it and I really yeah. do feel for so many actors in Hollywood and we're gonna have Josh Labar on in a minute like it was a moment because I think that the Johnny Drama story resonated with actors in Hollywood more than anything because they really could could resonate his struggle, his stress, and all of that stuff. And I do. I watched just the clip that I watched this morning. I get a little choked up. You're so good. I, I cried watching yeah, The Champ. I cried watching The Champ. You cried watching The End of Entourage. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you knew it was over. Um, Josh right. Labar coming, coming up back after the break. the break. All right, welcome back. Victory of the Podcast. We've got a great guest. He played Josh Weinstein, one of the two most hateable agents the show ever had <laughs> um, on the show. Josh Labar, how you doing, buddy? Josh. It's great to be here, guys. Uh, I'll take one of the two most hated agents <laughs> ever. I earned my stripes. You <laughs> did, quickly and efficiently, and had to be nude. Was that your first scene that you shot? It, actually, there's the little uh, thing where I say, what's up, E, up in the in the thing, and, and uh, KD says, uh, who the hell's that douchebag? Oh, jerk off. Right? <laughs> jerk off. Jerk yeah, off. Jerk on the off. treadmill, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah at the gym. It sort of told me a little bit about what I needed to know. One look 
over across and he already made that judgment. <laughs> so I was like, I got to give him something to work with. There, so it's yeah. justified. So what did you like uh, when you came on the show? I mean, the show's barely existed at this point. You don't even it, know what it, it is. It right? didn't even exist. It really like, and at that point I, I had done a few pilots in the years before, where, which were just shows that, that, that were shot and then didn't come to fruition. So when I, I, I remember how excited my rep was when I took it down, but as young, naive actor, I was like, Oh, this, this is probably going to be another thing that I shoot and may or may not go. I knew Mark Wahlberg's name attached and I was sort of familiar with, um, you know, the names as far as Piven and Dylan and, and Kevin. I, I had seen all of their names before, but I didn't know any of them the same. Um, so and how to feel when you're working, because I remember that scene in the locker, which is, you know, it's, it's a, a little, I'm not, not, a, locker, locker I'm not a locker room guy, guy. Well, hey. the ultimate yeah. non-locker room guy, as am I, Doug, which is really funny. Cause I don't know if you remember this, Doug, but that wasn't in the, my original script, right? That wasn't there. We already did a take and you came in in the locker room and you're like, what about this? And you threw that out to me right there. So that line oh, was added wow. that day on the set. Cause I, I, I remember being like, okay, okay. I have to add this in, make it work. And that line is now sort of infamous because, you know, I'm standing there in my glory with, with, with poor Kevin having to, he's sitting too while right. I'm standing. I was right um, in the line of fire. Yeah. 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 You can see the pain. Oh, if you look back on his face, like it was, he didn't have to go far for that. Well, it's funny, Josh, because, we also we interviewed Dom Lombardozzi, who also had a painful scene. Doug, Doug likes to like start him at, out naked, huh? Doug likes to get a close up of dudes' asses. Let's call it what it is. And I, I love that too, because uh, you know I am the first exposed nudity, and you have Bo, which is a much better thing. <laughs> Bo Garrett, yeah, yeah, Bo is right after me, and I'm we like, like to have the whole spectrum. No, you know? that's what the crowd was waiting for. But that's why I find it so annoying when they talk about all the nudity. We had the male nudity on the show. I mean, it was Dylan's request, but we had the male nudity on the show. <laughs> Doug, we wanted every male. With with uh, their buttocks. <laughs> He's like, what? Did you request like, Dylan? <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I said, we got to get Josh naked in this somehow. <laughs> so when you were working on the show, like, did you get, I mean, again, this is not leading you anywhere. Did you get a feeling we were doing something good or were you kind of just like, who the fuck knows? Again, in that, and once we started shooting that, 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 the, the scenes, uh, and I was in the back to back, I had another memory, Kevin, that you'd said something. And I, when I, when I was sort of like listening to uh, some of the earlier podcasts, you guys have so many gems for actors that are here that literally, um, everybody wants to know this stuff about the town. And I remember because Weinstein was pretty much one of, other than maybe Billy Walsh, the largest guest of the first season. And when I got there, you said something to me like, oh, like, so you asked me like sort of my, what was my road to the audition and how did I take down the part? And I, I, I basically let you know, like, oh, I had a pre-read earlier today and then or earlier that week. And then I came in for a producer session and then I got the part and you were like, dude, like, let me tell you, you just pulled off a fucking miracle because <laughs> this guest star was coveted by people who knew this and people. You just told me. And again, dumb, naive me was like, what? <laughs> no. And you were just like, dude, you just need to know, like, you pulled off a fucking big one here. Because I know the real Josh Weinstein as well. <laughs> so for me, I appreciate it. And a couple of things about the locker room scene, which aside from the, the visual that Doug loves <laughs> hanging on his walls <laughs> in his home. 
is he says a couple things like, okay, you go, oh, okay, not a locker room guy. And then is that where he says, you know, Ari doesn't read, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which I love- is true. Wait, wait, who's the, jo- the real Josh Weinstein? Josh. His first name is Josh. His we could say his name. We can't Josh say Josh Klein. Yeah. Josh Klein. Yeah, who I got to meet at a certain later at the rap party. I think that season I got to meet the guy. Um, but like I sort of had a feel for what this guy was by the text, by sort of like I said, drama's calling him a, a, a jerk off before <laughs> he's just gone by. So I'm like, what kind of guy is such a jerk off? And so I, I, I had a little problem saying that too. Why am I calling him a jerk off? Well, I, I, I look, call him a jerk off. Yeah, yeah. and so I try to just do it, bro. Do you know why? Because and not Josh Labar, as we talked with Dominic Lombardozzi about, you're a character. It's not you. He was a jerk off, and yeah, I yeah. think these guys, which is what you I love about New Yorkers, they do. They sense it. <laughs> they know. And and the truth is that stuff. And Josh Klein is not a jerk off. We like Josh Klein. Josh is a good guy. But that character, those agents, we all know them. Who will walk into your space without any concern for how you're feeling will throw everyone under the bus as quickly as they can so did you i mean you were young when we were doing this but did you have some experience with those types of people i like- did i did from from interviewing with those and trying to get repped by them and and uh, most, <laughs> yeah. most every actor has been through this and I, at the time not to date myself but right before the year before this we're still on vhs with reels maybe <laughs> just moving to dvd barely or just yeah because the clown gives Ari a dvd and and one of these episodes with his real birthday party yeah at the birthday party he gives him a dvd so i'm like we just got to dvds there because <laughs> look at I, technology the, yeah the year before uh entourage i had an agent just waving my vhs and he's like if i sign you it it matters what's on this vhs and I, <laughs> I was like bro i'm right here in front of you like if, if you can't look at me and make a decision then i feel bad for you um and i always looked at that first shot from weinstein because again it's it's an aggressive first ass shot there and i go this is sort of like a metaphor for his character like a giant ass and when i stepped in that was like i'm like i feel like it's like a a a video shot of foreshadowing like who we're gonna have you know but i to give weinstein a little bit of credit you always gave him like critical information every single year he came in he had something that Usually he found out before Ari or was given E the information before um, they had it. All throughout the seasons, there was never a time you brought him back and he wasn't bringing something that was either critical information or something that was relevant that guys were excited about. And so that gave me a lot to work with all the time because I'm like, regardless of like how he might come off, this guy has to be enough of a hustler. F- give him Queens Boulevard. Find out about James Cameron. Rep Heath Ledger. I was like, he he has a lot going one for him he has to be some kind of grinder even though he's probably intrusive and over the top well you know the real story about the real josh weinstein and this is hilarious he was at uta i believe Wahlberg might have been at caa or wherever wherever mark was with ari and they were friends and and josh weinstein made some kind of a boxing reference to Wahlberg, and Wahlberg said to josh weinstein because wahlberg has got a ring in his garage and says look josh you come to my house on saturday if you last one round, I will fire Ari and you will be my new agent. So here it comes Josh Klein, a.k.a. Josh Weinstein, in a UTA boxing shirt. <laughs> oh, my God. Climbs into the ring with Wahlberg and Wahlberg hit him with a body shot and dropped him in about 10 seconds. I think he broke his rib. <laughs> really? True story. Yeah. 
And, and and what what's even crazy about that? I was obsessed with doing that for the show. And when we cast, I'm not making fun of Adrian, but he wasn't a Mark type. And uh, yeah. when we cast Adrian, I'm like, he's oh. not dropping the bar with a body. <laughs> yeah, we have no show. <laughs> By the way, look at the bar now. I'm not even sure Wahlberg's dropping the bar. Oh shit, man! I just trying to take my vitamins and stuff. <laughs> um, which actually, I mean, again, I'm just sort of jumping from here to there. But it, it made me think when I was listening to because I got another really sort of crazy story you may or may not remember from the beach episode because I heard. So uh, just so everyone knows the beach episode was episode six Busey, Busey and the, beach, and the beach, beach which is one of Ari's most infamous moments and I was going to bring that up to you because you were so good in that moment where you're like come on man I'm just like like all of a sudden you were a real guy but anyway go ahead I'll, I'll piggyback off that moment because that that meant so much to me because that year Piven got to go on the when the entourage was first coming out he got to go on a couple of the uh talk shows Letterman Leno and the scene of him destroying me is what he took right. onto those things. So, like, I would call my mom, like, Mom, I'm on Letterman. And she, I'm like, I'm not on Letterman, but I'm on fucking Letterman. Uh, so that was that was huge. And and and, and again, I, I heard um, Jordan's story about, like, when he had the, the bitch slap scene. And yeah. then Jordan said in, in the second one or something, he had to hold back or something like this. And that made me think of my story, oh which was similar. To <laughs> and again, mine wasn't, uh, like, he said, like, him and, like, Jeremy grabbed, like, gave, gave me a physical hug after what, what, what happened with me and him and our scene so like it was never about that it was more of like uh, what i heard you saying conley about communication and knowing what's coming right. as opposed to and it was the final take that we were doing you guys had that steady cam shot where he swings into out of the bmw through the house yep. comes out all and i'm in the middle of some improv story and then the scene starts and we did this you know i don't six seven eight times just letting him get his flow and then when we finally got to the last one i'm like we're i'm geared in we're here <laughs> and he takes the sip off the oj and just <laughs> right into my face <laughs> right into my face no warning <laughs> and again if you guys like this is it. I don't know if you remember this or not, but like, so, so there's two seconds of me just like, I wasn't ready for this. And at the time, you know, I, I, I went to college to play division one football and I was ready to house him. Like right. it did. I didn't have a, a second thought other than dude, I'm going to take you out right now. And, and then I just pulled that back and oh, then they called, we kept rolling. Yeah, they called, they did, they rolled the juice, but they didn't use, I, I, I literally asked somebody later, like what happened with the juice in my eyes? And they're like, we thought it was, I think Doug told me like we thought it was over the top. Like it had too a much. really dark quality to it. But <laughs> they use that, didn't they? No, no, no. No, the, he, he takes a sip and he throws, throws it over, it over the, the edge. Oh, but okay. on that final take, both Larry Charles and uh, Jeremy both came up and hugged me like, dude, you're a great sport. You're a great sport. <laughs> and I was like, I almost wasn't. I almost <laughs> wasn't. Can you imagine how different things would be if like Josh or Jordan just laid out Jeremy? Well, you know, the, the only thing I remember about that episode is Doug calling me at 10 o'clock at night going, how could you let Adrian wear a green hat? <laughs> I go, well, I don't know, bro. He had it on. What was I supposed to do? But why would you? What, why would I say anything about his hat? I'm not qualified to rip his hat off his head. Such a strange I'm, I'm still thinking about the orange juice thing. If, if that didn't, I mean. 
That, that would be a huge reset. He'd have to get wardrobe. No, no, no. It was the, the, it was the final, final take. take. Oh, it was the freebie. It was the okay. final take. It was the freebie. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and, and that was it. And that's why Jeremy knew what he was doing. He knew that yeah, yeah. He knew they, it was the they, final were, take. they were going to have to dry me off and everything else yeah. like that. And there was a couple other things. Me and you had a scene at the beach that didn't end up making it. Um, and I have a still Wait, from- what? Yeah, me and Dylan had a scene at the beach- that did not make it. Probably because of Busey. Uh, it, it was basically remember. we're at this the, the makeshift bar here, and we have a little like shop talk about something. And I have a still one of the uh, entourage stills is me and Kevin Dillon shaking hands, but the scene doesn't exist. You have to send me really? that. I don't have that. Yeah, yeah. If you look at my IMDb, it's one of the pictures me and Kevin shaking hand, but the scene doesn't exist. Wow. And it was again, we we're just talking. We're at the beach and we're talking shop for a second. Like he, Look he's, at Dillon is deep in thought. He's really trying. So to am out. I. Trying I to figure have it no out. I almost, collection yeah. this, and I I feel like I remember everything. <laughs> is it something about? Uh, my past. Yeah, right? we're, that's we're, right. Yeah, yeah. I do and, and we're we're at like a bar in the mid. You guys walk up to uh, all of you guys beach walk. Bar. Up, you walk up to the beach bar, and the the shot is a wide shot coming across, and I'm standing there. And after you guys walk up to the bar, everybody walks away, but Dylan and he comes over and talks to me, and we have a little thing yeah, there. Yeah. And that one did. That's the only do scene. Do you remember what the dialogue was? I mean, yeah, it was basically me telling him that like, hey, Vince is coming here. I'll help you. I out. got you. It's Fuck, a why? Uh, it's that. a thing. I didn't know. I didn't. And we filmed it. And yeah, we filmed it because it was the only scene in all my years that didn't make it. Um, that we shot was that one. scene. I mean, that was such a. By the way, that day was such a nightmare. I was I back think and that's forth. Probably what it was. Doug Busey probably ate up all that last time. That's, yeah, but that I mean, maybe we just didn't get it the way I wanted. I don't remember. But that day, which. Sorry, Kevin, but I had to go back and forth from the office to Malibu a couple of times, and I did it, and I did it with yeah. smile. Dylan yeah. has a hard time with Malibu. I'm deeper Malibu, bro. <laughs> I Zuma. You oh, can yeah. add another half hour onto your trip to get to my house. That's where it's if, at, though. That's what's amazing at. is that's the best part of Malibu. If HBO didn't hate Connolly so much, we could get that scene, because I would love to see what that scene <laughs> looks like. They love you with the way you've been talking no, about yeah, it. Yeah, you've been so sweet to them. You know, one of the things, Josh, about, about your character, too, and, and, and you touched on it, but to even expand on it further, Doug, we talked about this. Do you remember the scene outside of Earth Cafe where oh, you my pitch final scene. that he does TV? All yeah. four of us get in your face. Weinstein's like, ahead of the curve <laughs> again. He was ahead of the curve. He just so everyone gets Nicole it. Cole Kidman does television, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. We're making fun of movie stars doing TV because in 2004, 5, they weren't doing it. Now... That's the thing. He suggests it, and the four of us, <laughs> our hair on our neck stands up, and we get in his face like, this yeah. doesn't do TV, bro. You don't <laughs> like, see Leo at the you? Growing Pains reunion. That's, that's the, oh, yeah. that's the line. You the Growing Pains reunion. Is that, that the line? Yeah, yeah that's his line. Yeah, that's right, I'm going senile. I'm not even kidding. Turtle yeah. said that, right? Turtle says yeah, that. Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. see Leo at the Growing Pains. And that, that's another one people would probably love to know, because I had a couple of them that you changed. like, And that was in my first episode and my final episode. So the original line was, maybe it's time to realize you're not going to be Leo anymore. Oh, that's yeah. What you, that's what you had. Wow. And you came out and you're like, I'm watching you sort it out. You're like, you know, hardly anybody's going to, this is what you said out loud. Hardly anybody's going to make it to be Leo. Right. So let's like just pull that back to, you're not going to be a movie star anymore. And that's how it changed right wow. on the moment wow. that day. And if you remember, we were short on fucking time because we spent so much time with Darabont. <laughs> In Earth Cafe, that we like finally, you're like, okay, you got a fucking monologue, walk and talk down the street. You got three takes, then we have to wrap. Yeah, That's I remember it. Remember that. And then yeah. we did one, and you're like, reset, back, boom, ciao. People are driving by, 
his ex-girlfriend drives by, beats it Conley. He's like, that was my fucking ex-girlfriend. And like, while we're shooting, I'm trying to keep up with you guys. That's Dylan's- when we're at our best. Yeah. The, the walk and talks when we got running out of light. I love that. And by the way, that's Frank Darabont we're talking about, who uh, yes. directed The Green Mile and Shawshank Redemption and wrote it and also created uh, Walking Dead. Who's yeah, just- but it, you know, it's true. Like a TV show with Frank Darabont at this point would maybe be better than a movie. And that was the line. It's This isn't TV. This is TV with Frank Darabont. <laughs> yeah. This is The Walking Dead. Some people said, though, was I think people said, was Josh Weinstein pitching The Walking Dead to Vince? So. Vince would have been a great uh, sheriff. Oh, oh, my God. It is so weird. He has wow. the line. Uh, Drama would have been a zombie of some type. <laughs> you would have been dead very early on. I Shawshank almost makes me wish I did prison time. That was the line I love about Darabont. <laughs> Who said that, Dylan? I say it in the Range Rover when you guys are at the airport, and I'm like, Frank Darabont. <laughs> just driving down, again, right down Sunset with no nothing shut down. Just somebody in a car and me in a Range Rover driving. Oh, my God. Shawshank makes me this almost is, wish I did prison time. This is, I mean, that's a great line. I, yeah, I mean, I it is. I hope I wrote it. But so, uh, so after the show airs, is it just like, what the fuck just happened? It was, it was the, the steam like that really didn't come until se- into season two. And then by season three, it was a whole different thing. Like it's the thing about entre- like be- doing a ton, a lot of guest work since then, and being in situations since then, and and I don't think a lot of people, especially series regulars, wouldn't get this perspective as much as somebody who comes in. Because um, I've done a lot of guest star work, but Entourage, people like Sex in the City watch it again and again. And again and again, till they literally can quote my lines to me verbatim. Now, when I work on CSI or NCIS or Castle or any of those kind of procedurals, nobody knows my fucking lines. They never say that DNA doesn't match. No, they don't do that. They don't come up to you like that. And you you stick in people's crawl in a different way. Also, I always say, like, no town is narcissistic like ours. So everyone in this town watched Entourage with a little extra. I've eaten there. I've been there. I know where they are. I was there last week. That's based on my agent. That's based on, right? Right, right. That's it. That's it. We would shoot this, you know, at the grill in Beverly Hills, the spots where people would go. It would be legit. So people really, like, if I was walking through Beverly Hills, somebody would beep in their convertible, like, Weinstein. (laughs) Like, and I'm just walking through Beverly Hills. Um, But they, you know, and they can, they they, they twist it too. I, I met with a couple people who were actual agents in town that said they looked me up when the show first came out because they thought they had gotten an agent to play Weinstein. <laughs> they thought I was a f- I'm like, I'm not a fucking agent, you That's guys. Hilarious. I'm not a fucking agent. That's awesome. Um, also, too, Josh, to touch on this, and I have I have a story about you. So Josh is a, a very well-respected acting teacher in Hollywood, and I, and I mean this because I've heard it over the years, and people would... Uh, speak, Josh Labar Studios, correct? People would speak your uh, name with great pride. Tell us a little bit about... I looked a little bit on the website. So you do some interesting things that sort of uh, are more appropriate for an actor going into a room, whether it's the audition. Tell us a little about what you do. Yeah, you know, I do because so many of these holes when I moved out here weren't filled in for me. And, you know, I was an actor from Cincinnati, Ohio. I went to college, got my theater degree at Butler University in Indiana. And then I did some Shakespeare. I thought I was going to go to New York and grind in theater, but all the New York people said, don't do that. Go to Los Angeles and (laughs) go grind out there. Um, and that's what I did. And when I moved out here, there was a basically a new 
set of rules to, to work with, how you pay attention to punctuation and dialogue and everything that goes with comedy. Um, I had to learn all of that when I got here. And I, I, it's just, it was criminal to me how many people were coming out with their theater degree and hadn't been taught anything about genre and television. And there's so many holes to fill in. And I heard even Doug say like, yeah, like when it comes to like my punctuation, the words, you care about them. And as every showrunner I've ever worked with really cares. And so I, I let everybody know, hey, you know the person who's hiring you, the boss, he wrote those words. So for you to ever think you're going to come up with something better, probably not. Maybe a button if you're lucky, and it better be fucking good. But other than that, I teach them sort of, this is like not, you know, we're not going to do method or Meisner technique in here. I'm going to turn out, teach you how to turn out a script in 24 hours, because that's all you're going to have to be a champion. We should talk Dylan. No, well, it's, it's true. You get your sides, right? right? And by the way, yeah. there's way too many pages of sides. You get 14 pages of sides. Right. They're going to end up only making you do one scene, right? But you get the shit ton of sides. Oh, and by the way, it's tomorrow. How do you really turn that around? And that's it. That You have to have a way to go about it, regardless if they're going to send you something that looks like Friends or something that looks like Entourage. And you have to know the difference, how to perform those, and be able to pull it off in usually less than 24 hours. And so and, and, and it, the competition's so stiff that if you're one of these people who's still, you know, hopping along with your script, you're going to get slaughtered by the, by the sharks. <laughs> um, it's just you're not going to be good enough. You're not. And even like, uh, you know, so basically with, this, with the acting studio, it does a couple things. I get to sort of be like a little bit more laid back about what I work on when I work on it. 2019, I put 71 different actors on television and SAG roles. Wow. So that was, that's a proud thing because it's as close as I can get for like, you know, if somebody's auditioning for something out of my range, I can't get that part, but I can help that girl get that part. And that means something. Um, and, and you're helping people like truly fulfill their dreams in the most competitive business there is. Somebody comes in, they're fresh off the boat, they're coming to you, 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 you get them ready, you send them out, and then, hey, you're not going to believe this, I got this job, right? That's, it's, it's, Dude, 71 times in 2019, I had people take down series regular parts, I'm still fucking working on that. <laughs> um, you know, do but- you, do you, is there anybody you, that when they walk in, you go... There you go. This person right here. Or- oh, yeah. I think there's 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 something about in, innate star quality, and I'm sure that people like Doug who watch a lot of actors come in, there's that. But then there's also somebody it, – it's in the preparation. It's in timing. It's in comedy. You can tell that within halfway through scene one if somebody has the juice or if they're close to what you're looking for. They understand the rhythm. They, it, it's these things. And if they don't, then I try to help explain it to them in a, you know some kind of fashion that hasn't been explained to them before and give them i say i say hey these scripts are like the matrix i'm gonna help you see all the hidden stuff that you didn't see i'm gonna see what that writer is trying to tell you that you don't understand because you've been doing meisner technique and 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 stanislavski and the the shakespeare for the last four years and i i I make it more simple you know and and doug is he is he right about that somebody comes in and tries to get cute and i well i know the answer to this question but what's that like for you doug when an actor comes in and rewrites your script that you you worked on for four months be honest with you that's never an issue for me and not that they do that that often like rewriting but some people are not prepared but i'm very usually and we've talked about times where i missed the boat like Haley joel i i watched his audition and somehow missed how fucking brilliant this guy was and we looked for this part for four months until i went back and looked at the tapes and was like am i a moron but that rarely happens usually he ended up in the movie yeah so how did that happen i missed missed it the first time david schiff kept calling me who was my first 
agent. I wasn't even an agent. I was hip pocketed. He was like, Haley Joel, Haley Joel. And I was that asshole. I was like, I watched the fucking tape already. Why are you bothering me? And I could not find this guy. And I went back to the tapes and I, I was literally felt like a moron. I'm like, because I think Haley Joel is a fucking genius. I really do. So I almost missed that. But normally, I don't care what they do because when they walk in, like Dylan, for instance, and like Connolly, when we had dinner together, Dylan walked in, he could have said anything. I knew he was the guy. Now, the fact that when he said it, he made the words even better, obviously, is, is the key. But I just knew it. The guy walked in with golf spikes, and it has nothing to do with an idiot doing it. It has to do with that everything that I was looking for, he embodied, and then his acting rose it to a whole other level. So sometimes, especially the stuff I do, it's a little more you know, realistic. I'm not trying to cast somebody who's going to play so different from anything that they are usually. And we do have people, even Adrian to this day. I'm not really sure how close to Vince Adrian is. I can't really even tell you that, but I can tell you Dylan has a little drama in him. Colin's got a little E in him. Jerry has a little turtle in him and, and Piven has a little Orion. But you know, I don't care if people change the word. But you were about rhythm, right? Doug would say, look, I don't know, but rhythmically, it just doesn't sound right to me. So it wasn't so much as the words for you as it was the rhythm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's like a little bit musical. But again, I say that with you guys and Josh as well. You guys had that. So while we might dispute certain moments or this and that, I knew I had the people. You know, it was never really a, a question for any of them. And including you, I can't remember a single person that came in for that besides you. Because I remember when we got you, we're like, this guy has was, just got it. I yeah. like to tell this story, too, valuable for actors again. Again, I, I had a pre-read earlier that day, and it was hilarious because the scene that we know Weinstein is going to do from the script is all we have is the gym scene. <laughs> so all these dudes are dressed in, like, freaking tank tops <laughs> and, 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 the, and uh, like, shorts. You're like, you won't be needing those, No, no, sure. Yeah, Meredith Tucker's <laughs> reading. Yeah, Meredith Tucker's reading all of us. And, you know, that's why pre-reads are so, like ever sometimes like I, I've had the privilege of going right to producers, but I, I tell my actors, hey, if you get a pre-read, there's a chance you might get some inside info from that casting director that when you go in front of those producers, mm-hmm. you can execute. You those. also get a feel for the room. I always felt that too. Everything. Parking, well, the waiting room, the actual room. Her pre-read room was different from the, the producer room that I ended up going into. You went into were, Doug's creepy office with like his <laughs> ping pong table. But you could ask her, bag. hey, what are they looking for? Well, right? and she like, goes, like, she goes. first want? off, lose the freaking gym outfit because you're coming back in a suit because that's how we're going to see this guy for most of it. So you're coming nice. back for your nice. callback in a suit. And then she gave me like a thing or two with the scene, which we do, which is our scene, <laughs> you know, the, the locker room scene. And, you know, I, I got to give a little bit of the inspiration because I feel like it was a big thing for me getting the part. So he's in the locker room, he's naked, and then he's talking to you. (laughs) And I came in and I turned the chair sideways for my audition. And, you know, Weinstein, he's just a consummate seller. He's a great seller. And my uncle, he sells sporting goods, but he's a consummate. He, this guy can sell fucking anything. So I'm like, I'm going to give a little. And my uncle, like, he played baseball, uh, you know, like on a high level. So he's one of these guys that's always feeling like grabbing the crotch and spitting to the side. Like that kind of guy. So the first thing I did when I talked to you is I grabbed my nuts I and I go, like, <laughs> Yankees are playing the Angels Tuesday. And the whole room laughed 
so loud and hard that I like jumped back and forgot everything for a second. You got the company box for a second. if you want to yeah, roll yeah. with. So everyone laughed loud and I was like, like this. And I glanced down and it all came rushing back and I was able to go through the scene. But I tell the people. The girls from the L were, trust me, they're only acting. Yeah, I love that one. I love that. There's so much meat to bite into there. And that's why I had my little baseball moment uh, to start it off with. And everybody, the drama freak out where, you know, and that, that, that of course is one of the most legendary, the drama meltdown, because it is so damn true. Hey, hey, I don't know if everybody knows, that's the real entourage room right there. It's the real casting director. Which meltdown are you talking about? <laughs> the big one. The big yeah, one. Many. The big you one in the audition room. In the audition room. We had a couple meltdowns in auditions. I don't is it know. that you still make me sing for well, my supper? Superman. That's no, later. No, sing, that's yeah. When Sheila and Larry and Doug are all yes. in the room, I'm like, yo, that's people don't know that that's not a fake audition. They're that's the entourage audition right there. They were most most of those people were there when I auditioned. Yep. And Lev actually is in the back. On his BlackBerry, ignoring your audition. That's not fake. That's true. And part of you wants to ask Lev what's up with that, but the other part of you knows you never will, like Johnny Drama did. Yeah. But that 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 sort of scene and having all those people in there, it, it was a real room like like of energy. So if the comedy was there, the room was letting you know you were landing, and and that's not always a given too. And and what I was saying earlier about characters sticking in your crawl. Sometimes I would be on auditions during the run of the show, and I remember it was after the season, you know, where um, Between Broke Back and, and Dark Knight, where they have me repping Heath, <laughs> who actually real agent was at CAA. I played in a card game with a real agent from CAA. So I, that episode was like, like they they told me they're like, dude, we went into his office, like, oh, guess Weinstein stole your client. Like they're, <laughs> the CAA agents are telling me this at the card game, but I like how much it's sticks in people's things i get farther on a on another show it's it's almost like the test the one before the test i'm about to drop in the character and start my scene and one of the producers is like hey josh and i'm, I'm like what's he gonna what's he gonna give me what's he gonna give me and he's like how's heath and i'm like what dude i don't know him that's not real like i was like i'm about to audition for 30 grand right now. Don't ask me about heat, but that's how excited he was to ask me because it was a thing. And that's why I go, people don't understand. Even the, the producers of other shows in this town were like, eh? You know, and <laughs> right. that's what Entourage, their favorite line, yeah, that's right? what Entourage right. was. It was like the extra something you'll watch. You've seen it three times. Let's watch it again. <laughs> and not other shows are like that. That's why, you know, to me, there's just so that, and I heard Doug say this once that, you know, you, it is a different time in Hollywood now, but it's just you write the time that is now. You, you, it doesn't mean that like Entourage wouldn't be as equally relevant or current. It just would change with the times. Well, I mean, and, and the thing is, some things are timeless and the jerk offs are timeless. Irish crickets. The jerk offs are timeless. The agents that I always wonder what's so funny to me is there are so many of these guys, these Josh Weinsteins. And you would think they would look at that and go, I don't want to be that. But the ones that are that were proud of it. They were like, that's me. That's what I do. And, and you know, it's just kind of human nature. When you didn't have any of your 
teachings when you got out here. So what happened? You graduate Butler, good basketball program. I don't know how the football program. Yeah, was, not as good but, as the basketball program. <laughs> but so I mean, how did you find an agent? And, um, you know, and I love when you guys are talking about that because there, and I have tons of people in my class that are that are that's where they are. They're out here getting their start, and we talk about that. That's because you know I, I say a lot of times with agents out here, it can feel like you're you're screaming at the deaf, like you're screaming, but no one can hear you. And I go, hey, there is no one way to do it. There's many ways that there's a chance. First off, don't even be looking for one unless your game is tight. That's what I say. If you don't have something to take to a manager, an agent, and show them, I'll be the one to tell you the honest truth. That's what you're here for. You know, I'll let you know. And for me, I knew somebody who gave me one referral to a casting director. That one casting director took a general with me. Three months later, she brought me in for a one-line audition. I happened to book it. They taft Hartley'd me. On set, the other co-star, I said, who's your rep? He tells me his rep. I go, will you refer me? He goes, I'll do it right now. He refers me to my manager, um, Richard Kerner, and um, he refers me to him there. The next day, it's a sitcom because you, you rehearse on Wednesday, you come back and rehearse on Thursday, and then you shoot. He got That guy got let go. The the day then so he referred me to his manager. Then he got let go the next day. I'm still with that manager today. Twenty years later, and they don't work together anymore. That's what I'm saying. That guy, but he did me a solid right there. And I go, it can come from referral, a showcase. It can come from a blind submission. There is no one way that rep might sign you, but you have to have your game tight and you have to be bulletproof. You, I go because again, a week before I booked Entourage. And I'm not going to say who, but a pretty significant agency passed on me. And I was like, oopsie, I'm on HBO the next five years, six years. You passed, dude. And um, that's how I say these people oftentimes, they're not as creative as often we give them credit for. They're more like Ari. They're businessmen. They're lawyers. Mm -hmm. They have their background in business, ultimately, finance sometimes. But hardly ever do they have a theater background. And so I go, how are they supposed to really be spotting the stars of tomorrow? I could tell you better who's going to hit than they could because I'm looking at acting all day, every day. And I see when we we have somebody in the farm system that's going to you know pop. And I, I can see that from from far away and i go what do agents often really know about that and that's just my and so sense. after all this grind all of this stuff you still love the business or what I do. I do. I have more. I'm not as naive about it. Like, like I said, it's me. I always go back to that first conversation I had with Conley when he's like, dude, you, way to go. And I was like, what? And all these years later, I'm like, dude, he was so fucking right. I just knew it was going to be a role. Yeah, you did. You knew it. And I didn't know it. Just, just so you know, Conley also told Aaron Rodgers to keep his head up. He'd eventually get to play. True story. <laughs> I didn't know. He had. He was still under Brett Favre. Right? <laughs> he did get to play. Yeah. He's done all right. NFC Championship. Games really giving him fits advice. though, but I, 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 uh, yeah, he was actually my fantasy quarterback this year. He took me all the way to victory. Thank you, Aaron, for that. Um, but, nice. but, but, uh, yeah, I love in the sports too. Like, like the sports world, so is in entourage on a different level. Um, I know I heard you telling the Baron Davis story that when KD didn't even notice Baron at the table. That I love that story. He's trying to kill it, me. It just didn't matter. Like I went to a, like a golf outing one time, and I a tap on my shoulder. It's Vernon Davis, and Vernon Davis is. Like, dude, I love your work. Can I get a photo? I'm like, fucking Vernon Davis, let's go. Okay. I mean, I'm just like, like yo, that. bro, you're on my fantasy team. That's the worst thing to say to an athlete. I didn't <laughs> say that to Vernon Davis. I just was happy that he came up to me for a photo. I was like, Vernon Davis is asking me. He's the best. Doesn't you're like, believe can it. you give me a second, Vernon? Uh, give me one second. I'll be with you. Conley doesn't believe.
believe it, but Bill Belichick came up to me at uh, Joe Stonecrabs and said, my son's a fan. Can he come over? And uh, anyway. I believe that. True story. But Conley doesn't uh, Nobody like was it. there. We don't his, his son that's the coach <laughs> now that coaches uh, with him? You know what? I'm not even sure which one, but he, he was on the set a bunch yeah. of times. I, I'm great not sure kid. which son. Yeah, but great kid. And Bill's great also. So, Well, this was awesome, Josh. We much appreciate yeah, you coming you in. Yeah. Yeah. Coming in man. Really yeah. love coming in. I wish you guys knew your dialogue from that scene. I can't even remember the scene. I gotta. You found the still shot, didn't you, Ken? Yeah, we got the still shot. We're going to pop that into yeah, the still shot. It's the only scene that didn't make it after all that time. And again, just, you know, all, all this time later, you can reflect back and you just look on the writing and it all holds up. Like you said, even my final scene with Darabont talking about where the direction of where television's going, it was right. It was right on. Sure and, was. And you had no way to know that at the time, but it there's so many shots that were called correctly. And that's why I say, hey, man, you, you got to get full credit for that because starting with the superhero world all the way to that, you always were a step ahead of where it was going truly in the storyline. It was like you had the inside information. This is Hollywood in three years. We're shooting it now. Yeah. Um, that was really it. it was that awesome. was impressive, Doug. Really. Look at Doug. Doug, you know what? Take a victory lap. Pat yourself. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I, it's all a blur. And, you know, like you say, we all hope that what we do holds up and we don't have, you know, to answer to it. And then people, you know, will enjoy it for times to come. So it's great to see during the pandemic, lots of young generations have liked it. So, but thank you, Josh, everybody. Yeah, if you're looking, yeah, for, luck, you're looking for acting good. help, check out Josh Labar Studios for real, though. It's I might look he's it got, up. He's got street cred. <laughs> like an audition coming in. Maybe we thank can Thank you for lines. that, Conley. That you, means a lot, You though. do. I've heard it from a couple people about your That means a lot, though. So it really good. does. Thank well, you. It's a great idea to prepare him for auditions. I it, mean, it that's is. what it's all about. I've always, I've always said that, and you're right, Josh. There's like, there's a hole, right? You could study these things, and and at a certain point, maybe that comes in, but let's start with getting the job. Yeah, to get a part where you get to use a method acting kind of thing, right. it's rare right. that you're going to get that. You're you're, gonna, you have to be a star to actually right. enjoy that. That to kind apply of a, that the Stanislavski method, yeah. you need to be on an 80-day shoot. With so Martin I go, Scorsese let me teach you how to yes. do everything that's before that, which is getting on set and yeah. hired. Right. Uh, that's really what we Not like on. you're probably going to get two cracks at the scene, so make it count because the yeah. sun's going exactly. down. And if it don't make it, it's going to get cut. You got yeah. anything like how to write a shootable script in 24 hours? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I you'd be my go-to for that. So that's, <laughs> that's, no that's, doubt. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, Doug, wrap us up. I know you love this. Uh, yeah, Conley, you know, so Conley's been trying to steal my wrap-up. Like, he didn't even want to be on the show when we started. Now it's got some <laughs> some heat, so Conley, like, takes my shit. But so I'm just going to say goodbye. Doug likes now. to bring us in and out of breaks. And wrap <laughs> that's all I got anymore, you know? So, but anyway, that this is, you know what, it really was, it was great to see you and you and Jordan Belfi also, you're both very, really thoughtful about. And serious actors yeah, as well. And, and, yeah, serious no actors doubt. and really thoughtful about coming in and thinking about what the show, unlike Connolly, who doesn't even watch the episodes <laughs> when we recap them. I was so, there, bro. So, <laughs> there, we shot him. So I want to thank you. And you brought back a lot of good memories. And I can't believe there's a scene I, I honestly have no recollection of. I love so, that. I love yeah. that. So it's pretty wild. But anyway, that wraps up another episode. We're going to be back next week with Jeremy Piven. Hopefully, Rex Lee, if Connolly braves the road and texts the fucking guy, which he just likes now to we wait got, for the now last we, Now we got two things to ask Piven about. The orange juice and the <laughs> slap heard around the world. <laughs> and I tell yeah, he gave me a physical hug. Like, I like, like, dude, thank you for not like, he gave me like the calm down hug. And then yeah. Larry too, coming out like, how are you going to like lose your shit in front of Larry Charles? But Piven was yeah. also like <laughs> hugging you. Oh, how amazing was I in that scene? <laughs> <laughs> but Larry Charles was rubbing those beads because Larry Charles used to, Rob Weiss and I used to look like 
like we were going to kill each other at all times. And Larry would have these, I don't even know what they were called. Stress beads. Yeah, basically. And like, he'd be like, They're it's all going to be good. Not to shove them up <laughs> it was, though. It was all good. Yeah. It was all good. And it was just a great run. Anyway, we'll be back. Victory the Podcast. I'm Doug Allen. Follow us at Victory the Podcast page on Instagram. I'm Kevin Dillon at Kevin Dillon Official. Hey, to wrap it up, Josh, why don't you give us a victory in this right here? Victory! Yeah, baby. By the way, he sounded like you. He sounded you know? great. He sounded like you. Wait, that Josh, was awesome, Josh. Sure. Thank you. Better than Dylan at this. Doug, we'll cut the uh, shoving the anal beads. We'll cut the anal beads. <laughs> <laughs>